I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Cowboys Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for, the return of Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, for our preview for the Cowboys and Buccaneers. Wiley, what is up, brother? Are you ready for some football and opening day party? Alex, it's going to be another great, phenomenal season of this podcast. A show which will eclipse the actual Cowboys teams in terms of viewability. And I'm so excited to talk about this opening salvo against the greatest player of all time, TB12, and his 22 returning starters. This is going to be just a perfect opening day game. And it's going to be exciting to talk about, so let's get it in. Let's get it in, but i got to ask you, are you truly excited and optimistic, or are you just ready for football to be back, so you're trying to be as happy as you can? Well, every time football starts, it's exceptionally exciting and a great feeling, especially for the fantasy players out there. you got your team, you're ready to sit down on the couch for 12 hours, flick on Red Zone, and watch your boys eat. But even if you're not a fantasy player, you've got to love the opening day of football season. And to me, it's eclipsed only by opening day of baseball season, which I think is like my favorite day in the whole year. And we're a little bit lucky because we get to see America's team play in the Thursday night game. We don't even have to wait until Sunday to really enjoy the sport. So for me personally, I am really just a huge fan of the first week of the NFL, just like everyone here listening is. But As far as the Cowboys specifically go, I think that expectations for them are very high. And we'll get into that as the show goes on. But I'm excited for the Cowboys. I want the Cowboys to win. But more importantly, I'm excited for football. Because if you're only interested in the Cowboys and you can't appreciate other aspects of the NFL, then I think it's going to be a long season for you personally. Well, I mean, unfortunately, as Cowboys fans, that's what we are, we are afraid of. And speaking of fantasy football, I had my draft, and I did actually follow your advice, which I'm proud to say, but I've never been so good with fantasy football. I did it because the uh, founder of Pipe Bomb Radio and my boy Darnell, a.k.a. the Playmaker, Solens, you know, invited me, and since, you know, they've helped me, like you, help get me to this part of my podcasting career, me not accepting the offer is kind of a spit to the face. And, you know, that's me, you know, I like to be loyal to those who are loyal to me. But yes, it, I'm Absolutely. actually, yeah, we're not going to have to wait till Sunday. And of course, not surprising, nobody is picking the Cowboys to win. I mean, we are playing the defending Super Bowl champions. And like you said, we are playing the GOAT. And, and, and you know, furthermore, 22 starters coming back. And, uh, well, it really seems like the Buccaneers are already holding all the aces. There's no doubt about that. That's true, and I think the crux of the issue is the defense. If you look at the Cowboys' offense, Dak is going to play, Zeke is going to play, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, healthy offensive line. You're feeling pretty good about the Cowboys' offense if you're a Cowboys fan. But oof, Marone, that defense. If you look at it on the depth chart, secondary, incredibly weak and porous. TB12 is going to decimate the secondary. And as far as pros go, Fandresh is healthy, which is nice, and the first-round pick from the previous draft, Mika Parsons, is locked and loaded, a guy with a lot of range and a lot of speed, nose for the ball. He's locked and loaded. But the line and the secondary, probably bottom five in the NFL, and I think that it's going to be very hard to contain an offense that has Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Howard, Fournette. I mean, this is just an embarrassment of riches on the Tampa side similar to the Cowboys side, but it's almost a little bit better all around. Uh, Minus maybe running back, depending on how much you value Zeke, but Brady's obviously better than Dak. And, you know, if you just go down the line, I think especially tight end jumps out at you. The Bucs have two tight ends better than the Cowboys, so I think it's going to be hard for the boys to pick up a dub in this opening week, personally. Well, it's 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 unfortunately probably going to be a long night for America's team, but despite the fact that there's a lot of uh, things that we are afraid of, there are some positives, and I, w- I and I do want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott because Ezekiel Elliott came this off season, shed 20 pounds, a leaner physique. He's in probably the better shape than we've ever seen. 
But I'm not. I'm just gonna say I just hope that we see the results on the gridiron, Wiley, because that is what it's all about. But let's keep in mind, we can't just throw all the weight on Zeke. Zeke needs the offensive line just like Dak Prescott does. And speaking of the offensive line, unfortunately, Zach Martin, big question mark because at first it was said that he tested positive. But today, a source said that Jerry Jones said that Zach Martin is to take two tests, I believe, between now and, of course, when they leave. And if there's two negative tests, then maybe there's a change. But I'm really going to assume that Zach Martin will not play. Because I don't think I don't think a change is really good is going to allow him to play anyway. That's right. Martin has to post back-to-back negative COVID tests in order to get in. Of course, Zach Martin was the player that Stephen Jones convinced his father Jerry to not draft to draft as opposed to Johnny Football. Johnny Manziel, phenomenal decision. Martin's a Pro Bowl tier guy and an absolutely integral part of the offense. Other than that, though, when we look at the offense, it's pretty healthy. Of course, last season, you, you know, there were problems with the line and the left tackle Smith is always getting hurt. And the Cowboys are sort of in this position where they can't really be afford to missing to be missing anyone. They're playing an exceptionally talented defending Super Bowl team. And I think that your expectation should be pretty damn low for this game with that coming off of the injury, which obviously in the preseason, it was still kind of bothering him and he had some arm issues. In addition to that, Zeke Elliott was incredibly soft last year and looked as though he had checked out for the majority of the year. And I really was not impressed with Dak or Zeke last year. And you have a myriad of really dim-witted casual fans who think that Dak Prescott's god tier because he can put up a bunch of empty passing yards when the Cowboys have an insurmountable disadvantage in the fourth quarter. But that is not what makes a good quarterback, and I expect Dak to... Not let his team get firing squatted beyond recognition. This season, I expect him to be a leader and to keep the Cowboys in the games. If we look at the Vegas over-under for the Cowboys, as well as a lot of other journalistic predictions, most people have the Cowboys either winning or challenging to win this division. And I just want to sort sort of know your thoughts on that. Like Division-wise, what are you thinking here? Washington had a decent defense last year but look this is a weak weak division very weak worse than nfl so who's gonna win it i mean what do we call it the nfc least oh it's <laughs> awful it's like the nl East in baseball it's an it's an abomination i mean in your words repulsive repugnant and most importantly fraud fraud fraud, fraud. oh i love it you've got my addiction down pat you can master an impression of me you might be able to do the show solo as both of us, Alex. I love it. Yeah, but, but the, you're a friend and you are needed, my friend. So I, you know, <laughs> I, know, I, I, I can't know. leave you out of the party. But, but I'm going to answer your question. That Go for it. I think the Giants are obviously the favorite. No, let, let's keep in mind. It's the been, Giants? It's really? Been, it's been a long time since there's been a repeat of the NFC East champions. I think the last time that happened, you were in elementary school while I was in intermediate school. Okay, yep. I mean the Lots Giants. As much as I hate to say the Giants did have a good draft, they did have a decent free agency. The Cowboys did too, but it seems like the Giants really have more things going on in their offense than you know they don't have as much health problems. But the Cowboys do have a chance. But we know when it comes to the Cowboys, when those those chances, more often than not, they blow those chances. Okay, because I'm not I'm not gonna say out of the blue. All the Cowboys win the NFC because those Cowboy fans we were talking about, well, in the words you said, a lot of them are already that confident, but those are the same people that say the same thing every year. This is our yeah. year. I mean, guys, enough with the bullshit. I'm still begging those people, stop living off that bullshit. For God's sake, listen to yourself. And furthermore, I, I got to tell you this. Some of those fans that you were talking about that love Dak Prescott, but which, by the way, the same fans that hated Tony, which is stupid, they, yes. actually, they actually, some of them caught up. He says, what do I have to say to the fact that Dak Prescott got paid? Well, here's my answer to you, folks. Because if Dak Prescott, with a healthy offensive line, if he still does not deliver, well, guess what? Wiley and I will be here to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And you can bet your ass that I will not back down. Neither will Wiley. I look forward to that with a big old banana grin. I want the Cowboys to succeed. I want the Cowboys to make the playoffs. But when you take the 15th best quarterback in the league and give him all the money in the world and already he doesn't have a defense, you put yourself in the same situation the Packers are in where you give your quarterback so much money, you're almost like the 2002 Rangers in the A-Rod deal. You dump so much money on one guy 
Obviously, there's a cap. You don't have unlimited money. Even if you're Jerry freaking Jones, you still have to adhere to the cap. And you're in a position where you can't field the rest of the roster appropriately. That Prescott did not deserve a four-year, $40 million annual average value monster deal like he got. Honestly, he probably deserved half of that. And I honestly think that the majority of the reason why he got it was his quote-unquote leadership ability, which is like very ethereal and hard to sort of quantify, and also his quote-unquote like longevity, which is absolutely ridiculous coming off of a potentially career-threatening injury. It's like you can't pay a guy for staying healthy when he missed 10 games last season and his leg was pointing the wrong way. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Dak is soft, but I am saying that he no longer has that label of uh, never gets hurt, Iron Man, like a Brett Favre type. You lose that whenever you basically lead your team to underperformance and then they have to start Andy Dalton and get firing squatted over and over. So is Dak going to be able to stay healthy? That's really my main question going into this season. Because if the answer is no, if Dak misses like three plus games, you can just write this team off as not going to make the playoffs. I mean, unfortunately, that, that is the truth. And look, look, at the end of the day, it would have been be- – I mean, I, I, we could argue the fact that going with Prescott is better than going with a first-round pick. I mean, that's definitely true because Prescott has the experience. But look, the bottom line is, is this. Look, folks, I don't have a problem with Prescott personally, but the fact is he's not elite, so we're not going to pay him as, as an elite quarterback. And the problem – the biggest problem I have, and we said this before, is that he had all these other fair opportunities, but he pissed on all of them. Okay, But I don't want to get into that because I'm trying to focus more on the future – and I said this about Dak Prescott as far as my expectations go. I'm not going to say I expect him to throw 50 touchdowns, have 6,000 passing yards, because, number one, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. And Wiley made that clear just now. Number two, I don't even know if, he, if he's going to have the offensive line, because let's keep in mind, a quarterback needs offensive line, much like the running back. And how many times have I said this? It's not an individual effort. It is a team effort. It's teamwork. You win as a team. If one guy has to carry the team, Forget about it, especially with the Cowboys. If the quarterback is forced to carry the team, it's not going to happen. We saw this with Tony Romo, who, by the way, still doesn't get respect. Tony Romo broke his back, his neck, his collarbone twice, and God knows how many injuries he's had, and he still gets the, he still gets disrespected, and it makes me sick. Absolutely I- sick, because let me say one more thing. Everything Prescott has now, all these weapons, the offensive, uh, the offensive line going back to his rookie year, Tony yeah. Romo never had it. Never. Yeah, and he got sacrificed for it, essentially, in his career and in the years leading up to it. And it really makes me sick to see all the hatred Romo gets whenever, if you look at specifically arm strength and arm accuracy, Romo eclipses Dak in both of those factors. And I'm also agreeing with you in the sense that I don't necessarily think that the Cowboys should have drafted a rookie quarterback and given up on Dak, but they certainly shouldn't have given him one of the most lucrative deals in the entire league. Aaron Rodgers tier money. One of these deals so insanely bad and userous that the owner signs it and literally within two minutes he's grimacing and thinking like, what the hell did I just do to myself? This is the make or break year for Dak. This is the season in which Dak has to prove that he's a legitimate A-class quarterback and that he has the ability to lead this team in the weakest division football to 10 wins. I think that Washington has an average squad and a fits fits magic with a decent defense. I think they'll win the division. I think they'll win 10 games. Cowboys will be right behind them. And I think the Eagles, similar to the Cowboys, are a team that can't get out of their own way and makes a lot of silly mistakes. And I find it funny that you said the Giants would win the division because I don't really care who they drafted because they have such a fumble-prone, interception-prone guy at quarterback in Daniel Jones who hasn't shown any sign that he'll be able to improve those aspects of his game. I think that the Giants will actually be the worst team in the division. Now, granted, that'll be like one game worse than the Eagles or whatever, but I think Washington's the favorite in this division, but the Cowboys are right there. And if you're a Cowboys homer, if you're one of these people who listens to 105 through the fan for five hours, then you say, oh, Alex dropped his podcast, now I'll turn that on. And you just got in listening to six hours of how Dak is the best quarterback ever, the next Troy Aikman, and he's going to throw for 5,500 yards this season. I think you're going to be really disappointed with the outcome of the Cowboys season this year. Okay, and and, and I got to say this, okay, I do not want to compare Dak Prescott to Troy Aikman because, you know, really there's, there's just nothing to compare them to. I mean, yeah, they can throw, but... 
Aikman put results on the gridiron. But anyway, you know, that's that, that's the problem. You know, uh, you know these when you have a podcast like this. How many times you say this, Wiley? It's the freedom to tell the truth because Wiley and I we will not stand to be held back. If you think that I'm going to read a script, you are out of your fucking mind. Okay, I'm tired of it. I mean. It's the world we live in today, Wiley. Whether this goes into politics or to life itself, people feed off of people are fed off of bullshit. Okay, and I don't want to do that. I want to do my job. I want to do what I was born to do. I'm a freaking journalist. I want to tell it like it is. I totally have, agree. I have dedicated my life to it. A hundred percent. And guess what? I don't give a shit if I get death threats because the fact of the matter is, and you've reminded me of this, Wiley. Right. I'm doing something right, and I'm doing my yeah. job. So you know what, people? The fact is, you're brave. You're, you're that brave that you're gonna threaten to kill me, but you're hiding behind a computer screen. But guess what? The fact that you don't say it to my face—that means you are a sissy. But yeah, when anyway, you a, when you get a message from a guy on Twitter named Julio Gonzalez with ten followers and the Dallas Star Cowboy star as his profile picture telling you that he's going to kill you because you said something like semi-negative about Dak it means you're doing something right when you make those people mad those level of fans the people who just believe all the insipid lies and have all the smoke blown up their skirt and believe every word if those people are mad good it means you're doing something right those are the people who think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every year let me tell you, folks, the chance of the Cowboys winning a playoff game, one playoff game, even in the first round of the season, less than 5%. Even if they squeak into the playoffs out of their joke division, they do not have the defense or the consistency to make a playoff run or even steal a game, which is like really the Cowboys' standard in the last 20 years. What are they going to do in the playoffs, best case scenario? Or they'll beat a joke team in the first round like the Lions, get their head caned in the next round. That's what we're looking at here this season, folks, in one of the worst divisions of all time, coming off of one of the most disgusting divisions in NFL history the previous season, and still, it's like the Cowboys are just middling, and even then, they're not really a threat. Just imagine if the Cowboys were in a talented division, like the AFC West. What would their chances be then? Exceptionally low. But they get to play the Skins, the Jokish Eagles, and by the way, Hertz is hella overrated, insanely gassed, a guy that will really underperform and disappoint fans. And then the Giants, who have the never-developing Danny Dimes. But I guess Dimes is like a nickname in reference to how many times he turns it over in four games, ten. But I digress with that. This is the Cowboys' division to lose, and let me tell you, I think they're going to lose it. All right, well, I mean... Basically, the way you said it, you know, if the Cowboys do manage to win it, you know, I'll just say it like it is. But right now, I don't, I don't see it happening. But you know, <laughs> and you know the fa- and, and let me tell you all this, Wiley. That was no made up name. He said that's the that's one of the guys who sent a death threat to me. But if, uh, unfortunately, before I could take a Snapchat, you know, I, I man, I managed to uh, get that everything. But you know, next time, uh, what I'll do is I'll get Snapchats. I'll actually start collecting these threats because you know what. It's to remind me that I'm doing my job and people don't like it. But you know what? It's too screen damn bad. Sh- screenshots, screenshots, you mean, not Snapchats. Yeah. Oh, oh, screenshots. I'm yeah, and the, the, yeah, it's the cool. Joy. It's the joy. These, these people are a dime a dozen. These, like, low IQ fans who don't really know shit about the game and just listen to whatever dick ride they hear and follow it blindly. These are the people the most angry about hearing that Dak Prescott is not, in fact, top 10 doesn't matter how many times you hear Joe Buck prattle out the same ostentatious, boring life story. Did you hear about Dak's brother? Did you hear about where he grew up? That has nothing to do with his production on the field. doesn't matter how many times you tell that story because you got it in your media packet in the press box and you can't think of anything intelligent to say, Joe. Dak Prescott is still a guy that throws balls at the feet in 10-yard crossing routes five-yard out routes he's making unforced errors this is a guy who never really honed or sharpened his accuracy and you could take a hard-washed 42 year old drew Brees, and he would be able to complete these middling routes with more accuracy than dak and i think it's shameful that people lie to themselves and get so hyped up on dak when we've seen his peak this is a guy that was given keys to a lamborghini best line in the league top three running back in the league top three receiving weapons in the league and he could only do above average what happens when the line gets a little worse what happens when he comes off an injury 
let me tell you, he's not going to improve. You don't take a joke team that was barely going to go 500 if Dak had stayed healthy, and all of a sudden you're better now that Dak takes up a way bigger part of the cap and is coming off a severe injury. It just really surprises me when I see these Cowboy fans think that, oh, like, this year is our year. It's like, guys, like, this is the worst team going into the fucking season that we've had in, like, five years. Okay, I get that you watch that awful, abominable HBO show, Hard Knocks, which is just horrifically boring and inconsequential. <laughs> it's actually amazing how much worse that TV show has gotten over the years. It's truly disgusting how little football content there's in it now. Basically like a terrible soap opera for really dim-witted Cowboys fans. And it's just disgusting to consider that Dak and Zeke are held up by many people as top five, and Zeke blatantly quit in about the last, you know, 15 of his last 25 games, and Dak makes a ton of unforced errors, potentially more unforced errors than, like, bottom feeder quarterbacks that you think of. And if you look at guys that are considered mid-tier, like Baker Mayfield and his ilk, put Baker Mayfield in this offense, they would win more games, I think. I think even, like, a guy like fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a journeyman, no one holds in high regard. He would be better than Dak. Whenever you look at Dak and think, oh, well, he, he's a little, he's around 500. And it's like, yeah, if you had put someone else in that situation, the Cowboys would have won 10 games by default. Best line in the league, Zeke Elliott, three elite weapons at receiver. Oh, well, you know, Dak likes to throw at people's feet. Yeah, I've seen years of it now. Thing is, is when you're actually that inaccurate and bad for high school tier throws, that's not something you can improve upon. It's not so much like decision-making, pre-snap reading, these skills that quarterbacks in the first couple years aren't nearly as good at as in their veteran status. Like, at what point does Dak Prescott not throw at people's feet on seven-yard crossing routes? There, like, it, it doesn't exist. There is no point at which he will break that bad habit or gain that ability to not make those mistakes. And that's what's sick to me. Oh, and by the way, you can't throw the deep ball either. So what the hell are Cowboy fans excited about other than the fact that football itself is back? Don't expect the Cowboys to win 10 games, even with the extra game and the freaking docket, folks. This is a team that's going to be around 500 all year. It's going to blow big leads with the shit defense. It's going to make unforced errors, and it's going to hurt and disappoint you just like it's been doing for the last two decades. Sorry to say it, we're here to deliver the truth. If you want to hear people blow smoke up your ass so they can keep the interview credentials, go listen to 105.3 The Fan. Oh, how about them Cowboys? They lost to 20 to Philly, but we got a real exciting interview with Demarcus Lawrence coming up in four hours. You're listening to Ben and Skin. Go listen to Ben and Skin if you want to be lied to. If you want to hear the truth, keep it tuned into the Bear Man. He doesn't pull any punches and neither do I. It's the tough. It's the tough pain, guys. I mean, I. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, I always say when it comes to those guys, I have no problem with them. But it's just I do. I. I just you know keep it like I just do things different. But you know yeah. th that's the problem. I mean, look, how many times have I said it? Because I've been, okay. I don't okay. What happened to Prescott was horrible. And look, you know, I and to, even to this day, you know, I think it was either today or a few days ago. You know, his uh, it was the it was the it was the birthday of his uh, of his late mother. I mean. That's, you know, that did make me tear up because, like I said, you know, me and my mom are so close. I love my mom, so, you know, it would hurt me to, to see what happened to me if, if I lost my mom. But, look, look, you got to put the side story aside. And speaking of hard knocks, the only thing I saw that actually caught my attention is about a player named Azur Kamara. Fabulous story. You know, a 10-years-old escaped from a dictatorship in the Ivory Coast during a brutal civil war. You know, he had to lay low in another country for a year while, while uh, as a little kid all by himself with his siblings while his mom was in Arizona trying to get citizenship to bring the to, to bring the you know him and his siblings here but look you these stories are great but you know at the end of the day you, you can't use these stories to show the sympathy when they're not doing their job look we, exactly we, that's what i'm saying like like at the end of the day we, we can't say alex is telling the, alex is we should feel bad for alex not telling the truth because he was bullied as a child yeah i was severely bullied as a child even by my own teachers i was told every day by a certain bitch i'm sorry but she's a bitch 
<laughs> that I would, I would never succeed in life, okay? I can't use – these excuses are not just to be told. Like I got to use that as motivation for me to succeed and just to be brave to do the, my job. Right, and it's not as though me pointing out the constant dick ride and retelling of Dak Prescott's personal life is some sort of slight against him or it's like I dislike him because of that or anything like that. It's just a matter of – the people who hear these sob stories and it's almost like, well, you can't, you can't be honest about his performance on the football field because his mom and brother died. That's not true. We're here to win football games. I'm not reading a eulogy at his fucking brother's funeral. So can we pull our skirts up for a second and act like adults and talk about football and be honest about the outcome of the game and not have a bunch of ostentatious cretins in the comments pretending like they're BFFs with Dak because like that Joe Buck story he retells every five minutes really touched me. It's about winning. We're four or five years into this beast. Dak still hasn't done shit. That, em that fucking embarrassing game against the Rams, that was a repugnant disgrace. That might be the only time Dak makes his playoffs and his whole career and a joke auto win division and we're with the best fucking line and running back and offensive core in the whole league and still people are going to sit here and make excuses for him dick ride him be dishonest oh well you got to feel bad about his personal life what do you hate it like it's not a personal thing the cowboys have got to win with dak this year you think they're gonna let's just say they ha they go a game below 500 missed the playoffs this season. You think they're going to be better next year? You think with all those skill position players like Cooper, you think all those old linemen who can't stay healthy, you think with them getting deteriorated another season, ground down for another season, suddenly, oh, they're going to be great. No, it's the opposite. Whenever Dak took over for Romo, that was like the peak line, and it's been going downhill a little bit every year. Mm -hmm. Same thing's going to happen. It's going to be harder to keep a team going and manage the cap with that absurdly usurous contract of Dak. Dak is never going to learn how to be an exceptionally accurate passer. He's never going to be really good at the deep ball. He's only ever going to be a middling guy. And for Cowboys fans who sit here for five years, and it's like, oh, well, look how much potential Dak has. He looked okay with the keys to a Cadillac. Okay, well, it gets worse every year, worse every year. And guess what? Dak has pretty much looked worse every year. That rookie year is looking like a complete aberration. And where are we at now? He's like, he's basically like entering his veteran status. He's the de facto leader. He got his big dick contract. He's patting himself on the back, feeling good. Oh, is he going to magically lead the league in completion percentage? Quarterback rating? No, he's still Dak. And that's what's so frustrating about fans is it's not really related to how you feel about Dak or want him to do. You just have to be honest about the expectations. And Dak, everything points to him being worse. The injuries, the people around him. He's not going to magically turn in an MVP season, folks. Let's be honest. I mean, the fact that he has potential of being the NFL comeback player of the year, I'm like, you know what? That's potential. Like, I'll see it when it happens. Yeah, and, that, and, but here's the problem with with these cowboy fans, you know, that apparently don't see how we do things. The the problem is, Wiley, they've forgotten the one thing that it's all about. You know what that is? It's winning. About winning, yes. Because what have we won since 1996? Jack shit. Nothing. Zip. Nada. Zilch. Yeah, a couple of NFC's titles. What does that even fucking mean? NFC's title. Forgot. Revolving door means nothing. It's nothing. Okay. It's not the AL East, you know. It ain't mean shit. It's like in the World Cup, France wins the group, doesn't win the title, doesn't win the title, despite all that fucking talent they have, the, the, the over a billion dollars worth of talent. Okay, and NFC's title, those things, they are nothing. It's about the Super Bowl, and guess what? The last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl, Wiley was a freaking toddler. And how, yeah, old, are little, you, how old are you now? Twenty-six. A little bit of a soccer analogy for you non-baseball fans. I fucking love to hear that. And when I think about Cowboy fans this season, it's so perplexing for me to hear these people talk about how great the boys are going to be and, oh, they're going to win 12, 13 games. And I'm sitting here like, well, how have they improved? Like, other people got better. Okay, we got Mika Parsons. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, rookie, that's rookie that's guy, yeah. Yeah, rookie linebacker added to the softest defense in Cowboys history. 
with corners and safeties who are literally afraid to hit, who think that the offensive players are covered in fire. That's their pathetic ankle tacklers, half-fast, soft hitters. You put Roy E. Will, a hard-washed Roy Williams, not Roy E. Williams, Roy Williams, 31, the safety. All of a sudden, he looks like Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, like, at their peak. That's how awful this defense is and how soft the secondary is. This is a secondary that is literally afraid to tackle. They get burned all the time. This is a pass rush that is terrible at putting pressure on the quarterback and terrible at run defense. This is a linebacking core with a guy that can't stay healthy as the only guy that's above average and a fucking rookie who's 100% unproven in Parsons, okay? The defense is going to be god-awful. You look at the offense, you stroke yourself a bit, you're really feeling it. Oh, Dak is back. He's going to throw for nearly 6,000 yards. That's a cute little fantasy, but even if it's true, what is the defense going to leave him with? That's what a lot of Cowboys fans don't consider. Lots of question marks on offense, and they even looked bad last year. It's not like Cowboys were 6-0 and and God's here, and then Dak got hurt, and then the Red Rocket came in and fucked it all up. No, no, no. Cowboys look like frauds, and then the master fraud, Dak, was unmasked and exposed. Okay. Oh, well, now that he's coming off a severe injury, everything will be different. You saw four years of the same shit, but, you know, now that he's coming off of a severe injury, he's going to be God through all of a sudden. What are they, like, you really have to listen to so much 105.3 The Fan that it rots your brain out to think this shit. It was like the consensus opinion. I see, like, the same dim-witted sports writers who will pick the fucking Angels to win the AL West, say, oh, the Cowboys, 12, 13 games, playoff threat, shut up. Do those people even believe that shit that they write? Or are they just gassing up the big market fan bases to get more clicks on their articles? Who knows? As duplicitous as the journalists are in this era, it's really hard to say. That's how fucked up things are, but I'm not going to lie to you. Alex isn't going to lie to you. This team is not a favorite to fucking make the NFC title game. If they get out of the second round of the NFC playoffs, it'll be a miracle. I think really the ceiling for this team is barely making it in the wild card game after going a game above 500, winning their joke division, maybe like Fitzmagic gets banged up, a couple of big defensive pieces on Washington get banged up. They go into the first round and get stomped out by Seattle or the Rams or a team like that, you know. Do not expect this team to do any real damage. And if they do, expect it to be predicated off of the lack of talent for, of people in their division. Not off of their own skill. See, that's why, that's why it's impossible for me to come up with a single prediction for a record because there's a lot of what-ifs, Wiley. And these what-ifs people don't understand. says, well, just come up with a record. I'm like, guys, do you not get it? I don't have any guarantees you know, to secure that particular what-if. I don't know if the offensive line will be healthy because if there's no offensive line, there's no running game. Dak Prescott, no. Dak Prescott becomes a punching bag. Okay, that, that, that's the problem. Okay. Now, if I had now if I had a if I was fully guaranteed, which I don't even know how that's even remotely possible. If I was guaranteed the offensive line would be iron rock solid, that we and then that would that that could mean we, and then we're gonna have the, the top offense. I says, well, then I guess we have the potential to win nine games. But still, there's potential because anything could happen because the errors that Prescott unfortunately makes. Okay. But you see, you see, folks, the bottom line is the Cowboys are just that unpredictable. There's another thing. Un- the Cowboys are unpredictable because whatever we say, it's merely a theory, Wiley, and we can't go on theories. The theory at the end of the day ends up being a dead end, and that gets you nowhere. Well, it, well, gets the you a- so, it only gets you so far, but at the end of the day, you get almost nowhere. Well, the average Cowboy fan wants us to sit here and pretend that not only will everyone stay 100% healthy, but everyone will have career years. It's like Zach Martin, Collins, and Smith have all had significant injury issues for the past like three or four years, the left tackle Smith in particular can't stay healthy. And all, all the idiot casual Cowboy fans want us to sit here and ostentatiously pretend like, oh yeah, every lineman will play 16 games and Dak is magically going to learn to throw with perfect accuracy and Zeke Elliott's going to go back to prime form. Well, how many wins would that be? Oh, like 11. Like, even if all that un- unlikely crap happened and lined up perfectly, perfect storm, would the Cowboys even make the NFC title game? Still probably not. They're still probably not making the NFC title game. 
So whenever you, you hear these fans that, oh, it's going to be our year, we're God tier, all this mess, it's like, look, dude, like you're assuming everything goes right and you're delusional. <laughs> that, rem- that reminds me of last year when, when an episode, when I quoted the famous chef on an episode of, Hot- of, um, of Kitchen Nightmares, when he tells those delusional owners, you're out of your depth. That's is, 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 I mean, even even today, some people will, will dig up that episode just to listen to it. I'm, I'm not even kidding, but it, it, <laughs> that, that's the problem, okay? I mean, look, I want the Cowboys to win, okay? I do, but guess what? I just don't think they will because what have what have we done the last 25 freaking years? I mean, here's the problem. I still stick to my gun when I say we are not winning the title as long as Jerry Jones is in charge. Okay, yeah, Jerry Jones and, and Jimmy Johnson are finally, you know, getting that taken care of, and Jimmy Johnson is on his way to the Ring of Honor, yeah. But the bottom line is, okay, as long as Jones is in charge, nothing's going to change. I mean, Jerry Jones still refuses to step down as GM, okay? And people are saying I'm harsh for saying he has an ego. Guys, isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious he, he refuses to? Those are the same people think, that think that Dak Prescott's going to lead the league in completion percentage, you know. Jerry, Jerry doesn't have an ego. Like, what? That's not harsh at all. The guy clearly has an ego. I'm sitting here just, like, looking around, like, they, you know, and obviously this is a Cowboys podcast, and we want the Cowboys to win and do well. But at the same time, Alex, we're not, we're not going to sit here and lie to people, and then when they lose to Tampa Bay, be like, wow, that was crazy. What happened? The, the offense and defense have been getting worse for four straight years and were never Super Bowl worthy to begin with. What happened? How are they losing? Like, you know, you can listen to 105.3 The Fan and hear Ben and Skin read 15 teasers for the same fucking awful interview that happens in six hours if you want to have that shit blown up your ass. This is a podcast about telling the truth and about giving fans realistic expectations. Not lying and being pedantic so we can keep an interview spot and we can wax poetic about the local sports team and wasn't it just bad luck and bad calls that the Cowboys are sub-500 again? No. You can go back to the VOD at the end of the year. When Dak Prescott eats shit and underperforms, you can link this VOD. When Zeke Elliott gives up and looks soft and more concerned with the different piercings he's going to get... You can link this VOD. I could go on and on and on. When the linemen go down big, when the linemen miss significant time, link this VOD. And when the Cowboys miss the playoffs, link this VOD. And you know what? When I say all this stuff, it's very brazen of me. Because that division is such a fucking joke, and they're considered the favorite by so many, that to say this is going literally against Vegas and what a wide majority of the fan base thinks. This team isn't a threat. This team's a joke. This team might be a threat to win the fucking NFC East, but to beat, like, any of the top six teams in the NFC? You know, you're going to have to beat some good teams to make a playoff run or even win a playoff game. It's not going to happen. So whenever the Cowboys fail, you can go back to this VOD, but don't sit here and get me and get mad at Alex and I because we're gonna tell the truth. I mean, that's just that's just the way the show works, folks. In other words, Wiley and I are simply doing one thing and one thing only: journalism. Old school journalism, yeah. not the not uh, the filth yeah. you see today on Huffington Post, which is nothing more than uh, grotesque political activism masquerading as nonpartisan journalism. I mean. Alex and I are, grew up Cowboys fans, both of us. We want the boys to win, but we're not going to be ostentatious. We're not going to be liars. We're not going to commit fraud. So we get a handful of more viewers and people going, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. The boys are going to win 14 games this year. It's like, we want that to happen, but we're not going to pretend it will. I mean, no make-believe, guys. Seriously. Right. No bullshit. But anyway... There's- no point in that. Yeah. Doesn't but, help anyone. But let's take a look at the roster and go into this game. I mean, you know, and you remember how I mentioned how the French national team has a billion dollars worth of talent. I mean, there's a billion dollars worth of talent on the freaking uh, on the freaking team. At least this a billion. Looks, yeah. This team looks great on paper, especially the offense. It, it, there's key right there on paper, on yep. paper. But guess what? On paper is a theory. And where do theories take you, Wiley? Uh, to a middling record. To a dead end. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
But you know, you know, you know, and apparently, like my last Cowboys episode, when I said that the Cowboys don't have a backup, apparently, look, everybody was saying, "Well, we got Cabros." Okay, yeah, but backup I, what? I do not, I do not remember a headline declaring Cooper Rush as the official number two. Okay, until there's that, there's no backup, and. And no disrespect to Cooper Rush. I mean, I mean Cooper Rush is, has a veteran instinct. I mean, he's got a decent arm, and you know, I'm sure if, if he practiced for a while, I tr- I do trust Cooper Rush. But look, the bottom line is there was still no backup, and and the whole thing with the backup quarterback, you know, I really had my eyes on Gilbert. I thought G- Gilbert had the ultimate potential, which he did. At the end of the day, here's the truth: he just didn't get it done. So the Cowboys cut him. Simple as that. I didn't want Gilbert. I mean. Gilbert had to be cut because you know if he's not you know the fact that he didn't do he couldn't do well there's no use for him we can't have that it's that simple it's not, it's nothing personal it's just business right well nothing we see on the show is personal ever well it's in the case of the Cowboys getting rid of him no I I, I understand but I, I'm saying with what we say too it's like you know people sometimes I feel like listen to the show and they're so used to listening to like your classic sports radio where no one's honest and people are just pulling punches so they can continue to keep the radio spots. They hear like the truth and it's not like we're being grotesquely vulgar or way over the top mean-spirited. No. But it's just the nature of sports and teams like the Yankees and the Cowboys that are really popular. Every season they get overbet. They get too much dick ride. They have people going to Vegas and going to sites like, you know, Bavada and other online gambling sites and picking them to win the division, future bets, you know, picking them against the Bucks. Oh, it's America's team, you know, so excited for the Cowboys. And I'm just saying, guys, tamper your expectations because it's been going downhill for a while now. American team. I think I think this is the season when people really start to miss Romo. Uh, and I, I've missed uh, the guy for so long. Well, I mean, even the average fan. Well, let's keep it because mind. well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's just to say that like the intelligent football fan like appreciated Romo the whole time. Like you and me, like was Romo a nine out of ten quarterback? No. Was he Brett Favre or Brady? No, he was well above average, even, you know, very good, like in 2014 in the season he had T.O., what was that, 08, 07, 07, yeah, when they won 13 games, but, man, doesn't that seem like a goddamn lifetime ago, like T.O. pouring the popcorn on his face, I miss that shit so much. And, you know, you know, and the fact that at least 90% of Cowboys Nation always disrespecting Tony, and they're saying that I'm making an excuse like it's a fact. He didn't have a defense. He didn't have an offensive line. Yeah, he had yeah. weapons. He had T.O. and a couple of guys, and he had, of course, Witten, the one of the best tight ends in, in history. But compared to now, look, and that's why I'm looking at the roster. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, an underrated guy like Cedric Wilson Jr., Okay. Gallup, Gallup too. Even with this pan hands, is a guy that mm-hmm. people decried and pretend See, is great. That's four right there. And, and and aside from Owens, there was a guy named Miles Austin who had one good year, but then you know we all know how that turned out. Okay. You see, a, a t- tight ends, a, a good one like Blake Jarwin, and a decent one like tight like Dalton Schultz. You see, all the arsenal right there. Tony never had that many weapons, okay? And he didn't have an offensive line. He didn't have a defense. And all these wide receivers you would throw, the ball's tipped, it's intercepted. How the hell is that on the quarterback? The quarterback makes the throw, the receiver is supposed to catch. It's not on the quarterback if the receiver can't catch. You see, that's how stupid people are, okay? Blaming Tony because the other guy can't do his job? I mean, shut the fuck up. Your Your stupidity makes me sick. The, the line is what jumps out to me because your average football fan is able to recognize the skill position guys like Terrell Owens are incredibly talented. But when you look at the line that Dak Prescott had compared to the lines Tony had, it was an embarrassment of riches. Dak Prescott was literally playing behind three plus pro bowlers every season. This was a guy who just had, and like remember left tackle, the most important spot, the blind side. Smith is there every season. Absolute god tier, like literally the best left tackle in the whole league. You know, people look at Romo. He had all the severe injuries. You even had people with the audacity to say he was soft, some of them. Well, you know what? Like the beatings that Romo took was nothing like the beatings that Dak takes. And In other words, 
Romo is getting firing squatted behind shit-tier lines. Dak Prescott's plan behind the best line in the entire league and throwing at people's feet. That's what people really don't understand, is the disparity between the power of the two offensive lines. Because it's much harder to judge and appreciate offensive line. You know, those big motherfuckers that never say anything, there's never any drama around them. You know, except like Richie Incognito, lol. The only lineman that's ever had drama around him in the last 10 years. Meanwhile, T.O. is like in the headlines every season, every week, mind you. The fans are going to know T.O. over like a Collins or a Zach Martin. Even these god-tier Pro Bowl linemen, you know, they don't mean anything to people, a lot of them. So, Mm -hmm. I just think it's important to think about the line when you compare and contrast the legacies of uh, Prescott, which is currently building, and the established legacy of Romo. Romo didn't have the line Prescott did. And then the, the only season he really did was the one where he got hurt and Prescott got to take it over and was God-tier. And he's been getting worse every season. And don't fucking talk to me about the yards. That's like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so tired of hearing that shit. This fucking yards are argument. Those are empty yards and lost games, folks. 2014 was probably the, was the only year, the only year Romo had, had the offensive line and the decent defense. And that one's when Tony was 34. Tony Romo took over at the age of 26 in 2006, and then, and of course, and then seven years, eight years later, I don't care about my, I mean, my math sucks, I hate math, y'all know me, but... For doing math live on stream, and journalists are bad at math. Yeah, exactly. Of course, when it comes to stats, it's a bit different, but guess what? We don't have the patience for it. But the bottom line is, it was in 2014 when Romo was in the late final years of his career, when all, you know, all these injuries just finally was too much for him, and, you know, like that, but, you know, it, it, that's how it is, okay? Well, let's remind, hold on, Alex, let's remind fans, 2014 was the year where they were exceptionally talented and were robbed by the most dick road, overrated, call-given team in NFL history within the last 20 years, and that's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers gets every call. That was the Dez caught it game, and Romo went for it on fourth and two through that dime to Dez and got screwed. And whenever I think about that, you can't sit there and say, well, Romo's an idiot, LOL, that was Romo's fault. No, the Cowboys were robbed. And, and, and the Packers were the best NFC team on that side of the bracket. I think Romo would have made the Super Bowl that year if the call hadn't been blown. I mean, not only that call, but when DeMarco Murray fumbled the ball, that, that was also a momentum killer. But still, I mean, we were st- Tony kept us in the game no matter what. Tony kept us into it. And... Now, now I just want to hit my head against the wall because there were people calling Romo a choker after that game. Like, you see, there you go, this stupidity right there that yeah. makes me sick. Makes me it, want. Okay, I mean, now I'm starting to get sick to my stomach. I mean, I love it. I mean, this is just—it's no wonder all these other fan bases laugh at Cowboys Nations. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, can you blame them? I know. It, it's just one of those things where it's like. You hear like, oh, Cal- you hear like these memes from, you know, Philly fans and whatnot. Like, oh, the Cowboys fans are so stupid. Like, Cowboys fans are annoying. And in my head, I'm like, they're not that bad. And then I read these fucking comments we get from Jose Martinez telling us to kill ourselves because we say that Dak is uh, worse than Romo and Romo was underappreciated. The, uh, the amount of vitriol and like dim-witted mean-spiritedness that comes from these fucking animals is just jaw-dropping. These are basically like fucking room temperature IQ Yankee fans. That's like the sort of people that whenever you hear Cowboys fans trashed, that's the sort of person that people think of in their head is the people sending Alex and I death threats for saying that the Cowboys are going to have a middling season, you know. I mean, but, you know, and I'm looking at the defense. I mean, there's a lot of players with potential, you know, the rookie defensive tackle, Osa Odigazahua, the dude, the defensive tackle from UCLA, who's a three-time state champion in wrestling in California. That dude actually has potential. Also, uh, the guy, you know, Azur Kamara, you know, you know the so- you know the story. We'll take it for now, but in the future, you know, we're not going to be able to use the story as an excuse anymore. But I wish Azur Kamara the best of luck. You know, dude, Randy Gregory, Randy Gregory. I'm telling you, I've never seen Randy Gregory as committed, as dedicated. I mean, I, I could, you could just tell he is ready to play. But I got There's one thing about Randy Gregory that I want to say that I said in an episode because it makes me mad how people were always crucifying Randy Gregory because of his problem with, with smoking cannabis. People were taught were hating him like he's public enemy number one. Guys, 
he's okay. I get it. What he did is, you know, obviously, uh, you could call it a bad example, but the bottom line is, Randy Gregory didn't need to be treated with as much vitriol. I get it. He would be suspended for failing drug tests, but look, we didn't need to crucify him like he's public enemy number one because it's stupid. He's not. And the bottom line is, at this point, I have not heard anything about Randy Gregory regarding anything in a long time. I think the best of Randy Gregory could actually be coming. I hope so. That's all I can say because, you know, he wears number 94. And when he wore number 94, you got to make it mean something because think of the guys who wore it. DeMarcus Ware, Charles Haley. 94 is a big is a big important number. That's the po- the point. But also like oh, these are the names. The guy we signed free agents, Keanu Neal, who's going to be a middle linebacker. Okay, there are some guys to be excited about. But you know these few names who have potential. Overall, the defense is still horrible. You throw in a couple of good guys. Okay, these are guys with a stick in one hand, a stone in the other. They're thrown in the wild to fight the, to fight all the wild animals. What are their chances? Well, and you look you look at a team like this with the joke defense, and you say to yourself, like, let's just say hypothetically that all of the defensive pieces work out to the absolute max of their potential. Mika Parsons is the new Sean Lee, the new Leighton Vandrush. He's God tier. Well, how good of the defense? How good is the defense even then? Like 18. Like, best-case scenario, where does the Cowboys' defense rank this season? I'd say not top 15. Even if everything goes perfect, not even perfect, but everything is, like, peak fucking ceiling, firing on all cylinders, more lucky than you could even imagine, still it's like the Cowboys don't even have a top half defense. Give me a break. Give me a freaking break. Tamper your expectations, folks. I mean, I would not be surprised if the you, you and you said this earlier. And now we're really going to get in the preview because, sorry, folks. I mean, the, Wiley's. It's been a long time. I mean, we have to let all this out. Sorry, but I am not going to be surprised if if the goat eviscerates the secondary. I mean, I and I believe he's going to. I mean, it make. I mean, you, you, Anthony Brown, a cornerback, a decent player. Trayvon Diggs, who, who a rookie. You know, even though he got hurt, he was still out there trying to do his best. Had a couple of interceptions. The dude's still building, and I still and I still believe well in the guy. But at the end of the day, you know, the secondary. Th- there's only two names I, ju- I just said. Okay, I mean, but, but well, of course, there's Jordan Jordan Lewis, who, by the way, Jordan Lewis, you have to praise the guy because he made an example when he signed his contract because he didn't demand money. He all he demanded was just the opportunity to prove himself, and, and he didn't make it. He didn't make it difficult to sign, so we got to applaud him for it. But you know, I need Jordan Lewis, you know, to do his best, and I, I mean. I hate to say it, but I have to stick with the fact that the goat is going to eviscerate our defense, and because if we can't if we can't sack the guy, if we can't you know get to him, he's going to get to us. That's the goat. That's Tom Brady. I mean, I don't care if he's forty five. He still he he still has it. Yeah, uh, the Bucks are going to put up thirty five points. I think thirty five points easy. This is going to be a bloodbath. And if this game is close, it will be close because the Cowboys' offense doesn't necessarily go punch for punch, but puts up enough fight to stay close. I would be floored if the Cowboys win. Give me the Bucks 38, the Cowboys 21. What do you think, Bearman? Hmm. Give me the Buccaneers 34, the Cowboys 19. Okay. A late touchdown, two-point conversion fail. You know, and the fact the fact of the matter is, I mean, you know, to Lyle Collins is, is still questionable because he suffered a stinger or an alleged stinger. Keep on, it, it did say alleged. I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but Lyle Collins did was a full participant at practice, as far as I know. At least he was today and yesterday. So it's it's leaning like he's going to be playing. But what? I mean, we'll have to see if the health if the offensive line can stay healthy throughout the game because we've seen the Cowboys are like after two plays, there's one guy already down. I mean, it's the freaking injury bug has has haunted the Cowboys for the longest time, and we don't know if it's going to go away. I mean, I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah, especially in the line. It's like, well, the line hasn't been healthy in six years. This is the season. They all play 16, 17 games. Like, fuck off. But as far as the wide receivers go, uh, you know, I I really believe C.D. Lamb could actually be our the best the best guy the way i see it is amari cooper as great as he is 
the opposing secondaries might heavily mark him, but if they do, that's going to leave CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup open, but I believe that CeeDee Lamb could, because CeeDee Lamb is, you know, the OU dude. I mean, he was amazing in college, and that mentality and dedication, he's taken it well into the pros, so that's why I believe CeeDee Lamb could be the best guy. I mean, he's wearing number 88. I mean, just like 94, you wear number 88, you got to make it mean something. True. I mean, and I do have to admit, I mean, you told me stay away from the Cowboys during the draft, but, you know, I just can't believe, you know, as late in the draft, C. Lamb was still there. I was like, you know, you know what? Oh, late. Yeah, like fifth round, fifth, sixth round late. Oh, well, that's Everybody was, yeah, I, you know, so I was like, you know what, look, it's C.D. Lamb. He's actually not a bad pick. He got reached for in, like, the third, the late third in the league that I draft in that – I do a series on on my YouTube channel, Venom Mistero. Check that out. It's called This Week in Fantasy. I'm going to chronologue every week, just like I've been doing since 2011. And I did a draft supercut video on that, and we saw C.D. Lamb go pretty early. I play in a league full of, like, Cowboys homers from Texas, though, so you pretty much know you're not going to be able to get Cowboys at a good spot. But when I drafted for fantasy this season, you know what I did? I explicitly avoided Cowboys. Well, you know, if I, I, oh, it's been going lately. You can't believe me. I mean, you know, in my case, Zeke Elliott was taken even before I had the chance. But you know what? Eh. But yeah, I'm sticking to it. 34-19, the Cowboys, and you're and you got you got them 38-21. We both picked the Bucks, though, for the yeah. record. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's the truth, right? But who do you? Okay, and as we wrap this up, who scores for the Cowboys? I think it'll be. I think it'll be uh, Cooper and Zeke will both punch it in, All right. for sure. And then other than that, I think it's kind of hard to say. You think the defense gets a sack or two, maybe forces a turnover. No, I think the defense gets no sacks and no interceptions. Uh, well, well, you know what? You know what they'll get instead, which which is gonna which is probably gonna make you and me pull our hair out. You know what touchdowns, that is? Touchdowns scored against. Well, that, oh, that and yeah. fucking penalties on a fucking third down. Yeah, they're good at that. So, guys, I also think it's painful is, to say, guys, but it's the truth. This is a big one, season uh, for McCarthy too. He's really got to prove it. He does, and you know, and a guy who's really got to prove himself is uh, his defensive defensive coordinator too. Yeah, former uh, Falcon. Mm-hmm. Before you know the Falcon, you know he was the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know for the Seattle Seahawks, the days of the Legion of of boom, but you know, and I said, and I, and I said this at the beginning, you know, you know, give the guy a chance. Let's let's forget about what happened in Atlanta. Let's worry about. Let's really worry about the future. I mean, there's something the Cowboys uh, fans are always focusing on: winning the Super Bowls in the '90s. Forget the past, okay? Forget. <laughs> I mean, and I really got to ask: Doesn't it amaze you how these particular fans that we have that we criticize that we probably get shit for? The fact that they still say, well, we won titles in the freaking 90s. Like, okay, but what have we done since? Think of everything that's happened since 1996. <laughs> yeah, it's time for some new titles. Let's just keep it a stack. I mean, you know what I mean? The, the, those freaking titles, I mean, God knows how much dust they've collected. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's ancient history for fuck's sake. We're talking about an average populace that can't even remember what happened a month ago prattling on about something that they weren't even around for i mean it's those same it's those same like you know and you've said this before these same these same fans that claim to be longtime fans of the astros or the yankees but they don't remember what you know they don't remember these things the like lean, that yeah. yeah they don't like, remember the lean years like these astros these Ast- and, and i'm gonna tell you this these astros fans you know i did a test a lot of those you know that i've spoken to they have no idea who lance berkman is Oh yeah, How Lance could you be Berkman. an Astro fan and not Lance Berkman's probably the Hunter <laughs> Hunter, he's a Texas Sports Hall of Famer. Hunter Pence, Michael Bourne, Biggio, Bagwell. I'm speaking Spanish to a lot of these trash can banging Astros fans. And they've never heard of these guys. Same with people, I mean, think about the Yanks, they haven't won a pennant since oh nine, L O L O L. So like they're it's kinda harder to dick ride them. But it's the same concept. It's like you weren't there for any of the bad years. You can't even name the players from the good years where they didn't win. You know, that these people are really, really dim and should be discounted. Totally. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. Cowboys Talk is available for you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Wiley, my boy, you got anything else to say? Yeah, follow me on Twitch, Twitter, Gab, and YouTube, at Venomousteria. It's the same on all the platforms and sub to the show. Going to be a reoccurring guest because someone's got to keep it a stack with my boy. Mm-hmm. And yes, check out his fantasy football show. Believe me, to say that you will learn a thing or two is a major understatement. Believe me, fantasy football with Wiley, it's not fantasy football one-on-one. But guess what? That's what you need. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much. I'll have a good night. We'll see you all next time. Easy.